So uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm Jeff. <laughs> and I wasn't here last week because my eldest granddaughter got married. And we, we had a job. We celebrated and it was amazing. And I, I want to thank God publicly for what he's done in my life. Next year I'm going to be 50. <laughs> you know, in spiritual years. It's like, like a dog. You know, you say you, he's so old in, in dog years. Um, but it's the first time my whole family got four kids, two sons-in-law, two daughters-in-law, one adopted guy whose nickname is Lemon, and he's just part of the family. Wherever we meet, Lemon's there. Uh, do, were you invited? I don't care if I wasn't. I'm here. He's that guy, and now I've got an extra, I don't know what you call him from my perspective, a grandson-in-law. <laughs> And I've got 10 grandkids, so we were 20 people eating pizzas, rejoicing in Jesus. And what, a, what an honor. I looked at all of them. It was kind of bittersweet because obviously my, you know, it was five years since my wife died, and that was the last time we were all together. But you're just you're grateful to God, you know. It's, uh, God's been so kind to me. I really mean that. And uh, there they were. Gee. All of them together. So that's where I was. I wasn't bunking. I didn't have a bubble us on Sunday morning. We had breakfast together and, you know, sent people on their way back to the UK, back to Plittenberg Bay. It was just a joy for me. And uh, I just want to honor God and say thank you. You know, the name of Jesus. You know, there's so many times in the Bible, you know, there's no other name by which you can be saved. The name of Jesus. The, the name of Jesus unlocks heaven for us. It's like, you know, I don't know these computer terms, but, you know, that's your password. That's your password to heaven. Jesus, type that in on your soul, and God opens heaven for you. So, yeah, I'm just grateful. So I'm blessed to, to be here and be part of this congregation. I'm going to speak about forgiveness this morning and unforgiveness. So um, it's so powerful because unforgiveness is, um, in my years of being in the ministry, is probably the single most destructive thing in people's lives. You go through a whole lot of things and then you find there's this root, this thing where you've been wronged or somebody's done something or said something and it You've taken offense, and it sits in your heart. And from unforgiveness grows bitterness and resentment and jealousy, pride. And we have to pull that unforgiveness thing out by the roots. And we've got to take ownership of it. And so we can be free. Hmm. Last words can be very revealing. When people die, they say words. Alexander the Great. Do you know Alexander the Great? You've heard of him? I don't know if he knows him, but we've heard of him. He said, he said this, when you bury me, don't build any monument and keep my hands outside so that the world knows 
that the person who won the whole world had nothing in his hand while dying. I found this guy, Francois Rabelais. He's a Christian humanist. He said, bring the curtain down. The farce is over. Not the fast, the farce. The life, it's a farce. Voltaire, the French philosopher and writer, said this, I'm abandoned by God and by men. I shall go to hell. Oh Christ, oh Jesus Christ. We all know who Voltaire was. That's what he said on his deathbed. Beethoven said, too bad, too bad, it's too late. Edgar Allan Poe, American writer, Poe author, said, Lord, help my soul. Judas Iscariot said, I've sinned in that I've betrayed innocent blood. Stephen said this, Lord, don't hold the sin against them. Martin Luther said, he's a Christian, our God is the God from whom cometh salvation. God is the Lord by whom we escape death. John Wesley said, the best of all is God is with us. Farewell, farewell. He couldn't wait to go. When my late mom died, I was sitting with her and she said this to me. She said, I think it's time. I said, what do you mean, mom? She said, I can hear them singing. They're coming to fetch me. <laughs> and then Jesus Christ said, amongst other things, Father, forgive them. Wow. Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them. Now, I know we add on because they don't know what they're doing. But Father, forgive them. Jesus was found guilty for crimes he never committed. He's hanging naked on a cross at a place called the Skull or Golgotha, a little hill outside Jerusalem. It's hanging there. He's being mocked. He's being sneered at. You're the, supposed to be the king of the Jews. Save yourself. Sneered. Who do you think you are? Change that sign. Because they put a sign above his head. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And they said, no, you can't put that. Say he said he is. They mocked him. They sneered him. They ridiculed him. They spat on him. If, if, I've maybe spat on people accidentally from here. But it's never been, you know, it's been a little drop and you can just clean it. Because when I get excited, I spit a bit. But Jesus spat on you. He was slapped. They pulled his beard out. Where's, and where's his name? Ashley. You're growing a beard, bro. They took your beard and they pulled it out. They insulted him, hung there, helpless, between heaven and earth, upon a cross. Excruciating pain. It was usual for somebody who was being crucified to curse, to swear, to spit, to show anger, resentment, because of the pain that they were going through. The soldiers, they're watching, they're waiting for this man on the middle cross to start 
just to start his tirade. They're watching, they're waiting. They're expecting this man to behave like all the others that they've crucified. They're, they're waiting, they're expecting it. Like the two guys on either side of him. They, they're having a go. Have you heard that little clip of the guy that speaks of the guy that said to Jesus, well, you know, will you take pity on me? And Jesus said to him today, you'll be with me in paradise. And he ends up in heaven. And the angel says to him, how did, how did you get here? He said, I, I don't know. He said, what do you mean you don't know? He said, well, I don't know. He said, he said have you ever been to a Bible study? Have you ever been to church? Have you, have you ever? He said, I don't know anything. Have you been baptized? No. Were you dedicated as a baby? No. He said, he said do, you, do you understand the doctrine of justification by faith? He said, I've never heard of it. He said, he said so do you understand the doctrine of Scripture? He said, I've never, I haven't a clue. He said, how did you get here? He said, sir, the man on the middle cross said I can come. The man on the middle cross, he said, I can come. And it's the only way. The man on the middle cross who hung there. And they were persecuting him. And he said, Father, these men, the soldiers here, they see, they listen. He's praying. What's he, what's he saying? What's he's going to pray for himself, the poor guy. But no, no, he doesn't pray for himself. He prays for the people crucifying him. He says, Father, forgive them. He's fulfilling a prophetic word out of Isaiah 53, verse 12. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great. And he, that's Jesus, will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Those who are transgressing, he's praying for them. That, my brothers and sisters, is forgiveness. He's practicing what he preached in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He's fulfilling it. He, he walks the walk. Do you walk the walk? Or do you just talk the walk? You're so good. He's teaching us how to turn trouble and self-pity into treasure. History shows us that the closer we get to this man, Jesus, this God-man, the closer we get, and, and as I said, I'm, I'm going to be saved 50 years next year. The closer I get, the more I realize, oh my word, worries me. Like Isaiah, I'm, I, I'm a man of unclean lips. Oh God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Now, I called that out when I got saved. I thought, well, I'm all right now. <laughs> I realize, oh my word, this God, this Jesus, this God-man, this perfect, perfect, beautiful, magnificent man, when I get to know him, I feel undone. Have you been like that with people, you in their company, you think, I'm going to shut up, I'm saying nothing, because there's just something about them. 
And Jesus does that. History shows that. We realize we fall so far short of the standard. His perfection and beauty and holiness make us examine ourselves. You see, foundationally, we're secure. We're secure. But functionally, what I do doesn't measure. My position is secure. But, but my performance of walking it out is, uh, yeah. And you're all looking so glib and glib now. You're all the same. We're all the same. It lacks when compared to his. It says this in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His Spirit into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who He's given us. Being justified is a legal term. They use it in the courts. They justify you. I've told you the story before. I'll repeat it. This man was standing in the dock, and he'd committed a crime. And the magistrate or the judge had his little dooky thing on, and the man standing here didn't recognize him, but the man who stood, who was the judge, recognized this guy. They were at school together. And he said, how do you plead, sir? He said, I'm guilty, Your Honor. He, had no, he said, you are fined 50,000 rand or 10 years in jail. He said, Your Honor, I don't have 50,000 and I've got a wife and kids, I can't go. He said, punishment for your crime. He starts crying. What can I do? My wife, my kids, I've committed a crime. <laughs> the judge takes his little dookie off, whatever that thing is. You know, it looks, I don't know what it is. Takes his robe off. And the man down in the dock recognizes him. And he walks down to the dock and he says, Estian, it's Jeff. He said, I see you now. He said, listen, I'll pay your fine for you. You can go free. That's what Jesus did. He paid for us. He paid for us. So I was justified. It was made like I didn't commit the crime. I still did. I still did. But he took the guilt of my crime away from me. Whew. We sing about the name. That's the name. There's no other name but the name of Jesus. We've been justified. That's my foundation. That's my position. We are being sanctified. That's my performance and my function. The day you got saved, the day you said to Jesus, I'll follow you, the Spirit of God began to work in you. And he's making you more and more like Jesus. And some of us are a little bit more difficult to get to become like Jesus because we're a bit more stiacks than others. You know, and we hold on to things. It's like the plane trees in the city when it comes winter or autumn and the leaves start falling off. And there's some real stubborn ones. And the Northwester's got to really blow to get rid of that one. That's like some of the things that we do that we hold on to. But he is sanctifying me. The, the theologians, and I'm not one of them, call it the already and the not yet of the kingdom. The kingdom's come, but it hasn't come in all its glory yet. 
And the more people that get saved, so the kingdom advances. The church is not going to go out at the end of the age with a little whimper. What, what were those guys that used to meet up in the hall there? No, no. They, everybody's going to know. Because Jesus, the head of the church, is going to gather his people. And he's going to put them on display. And we're going to represent him at the end of the age. And the church will be seen for the glory that it is through Jesus. Can you say amen? Unforgiveness is the seed for bitterness and resentment. Learn to forgive. Because you actually give yourself a gift when you forgive. Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you give men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. The next verse is a toughie. If you don't forgive, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. That's why forgiveness is key in everything that you do as a Christian. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving other one just as in Christ God forgave you. Oh, I remember the day. It's like yesterday. I remember the day. In a meeting, my late wife took me to a meeting. There were charts all around the hall. Fire and lakes of fire and sulfur. It was hell. Good grief. What is this all about? My wife said to me, you're going to go to hell. I said, you go to hell. What do you mean I'm going to go to hell? I'm a nice guy. She said, no, you need Jesus. Because she'd got saved before me. And that name, that night, I made a commitment. It seemed like nothing. But all my passions began to change. I didn't have desires for things. I changed. I stopped doing things. Guys would come and say, what happened to you? I said to the guy, I said, I got convicted. You kidding me, bro? Are they giving you time? I said, no, 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 conviction. <laughs> he thought I'd committed a crime. The cops had caught me. I got convicted. I said, no, no, that's Christianese. I got convicted. Colossians 3.13. Bear with what, each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You can't hold on to those things. Here's my favorite quote. Don't judge others by their actions and yourself by your intentions. You can actually take that, Dimitri. You can write it down. It's free. <laughs> Don't judge others by their actions and yourself by your intentions. You know that old proverb? It's not, it's not a proverb in the Bible, but you know, the way to hell is paved with good intentions. I intend to do a lot of good things. Then I watch people do things and then I judge them according to the way they've done stuff. I haven't even gone close, but I intend to. I can't judge people on that basis. Don't goggle with gunpowder in the morning and then go shooting your mouth off all day. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know that expression, keep your gunpowder dry, bro. No, don't keep your gunpowder dry. Wet it. Wet it so that it doesn't work. Don't do that. What is, what forgiveness is not, quickly. I'm doing well. 15 minutes. I, I, I'm proud of myself. Forgiveness is not just forgetting. Forgiveness is not just forgetting. Because God doesn't forget. If God forgot things, he couldn't be God. 
Now you're saying, hang on, but my sin. No, I'll show you what the Bible says about your sin. Jeremiah 31, 34. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness. And then he says this, I will remember their sin no more. <laughs> Which means he doesn't forget it. He just doesn't remember it. It says the same thing in, in, in Isaiah 43, 25. Jump one. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for your own sake, for my own sake, and remembers your sins no more. I'm so grateful God doesn't remember. He doesn't forget. God doesn't forget. He just chooses to remember them no more. That's forgiveness. That's forgiveness. Because people will offend you. People will hurt you. You will hurt people. But choose to remember it no more. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we don't feel the pain any longer. Hmm. If you get rid of feelings, you're going to die emotionally. And if you die emotionally, you'll die spiritually. Of course you feel it. Of course it hurts. Of course it's painful. Of course it's aina. It hurts you. People say things, do things in business or family, whatever. We don't, we don't go back there, though. There's pain. Of course, there's pain. What do you think Jesus experienced? And what did he say, Father? Forgive them. They don't know. They don't know. Forgive them. That's what he did for you and me. Called us. He said, I'll forgive you. I'm not worthy. No, you're not worthy. But I'm worthy. I'll forgive you. Forgiveness doesn't mean, doesn't mean that the urge to get even you know, get even. Know the world. No, Brew. Don't take that lying down. Don't you, 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 you stand up, my brother, for what's right. You, you, you. Now, there are things that we must stand up that are right. But we must choose our battles very carefully. Because Peter says, and this is not in the notes, that love covers a multitude of sins. Just, just love people. Just love people. Let it go. Don't hold on to it. Forget it. It doesn't disappear. You must learn, and I must learn, to leave that to God. This is what it says in Romans 12, 19. Don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. <laughs> you know those times when you say, I, I, wish, I wish something could happen to them now. You know, you, you, uh, I wish now, I, I, you know, strike him, do something, Jesus, send fire, just do something. God says, give it to me. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And the Bible says this, be sure, I love the be sure part, your sin will find you out. You can sin, you can sin. And sin, and then you get to my age, and Sid is a lot older than me, but, <laughs> and you sin, not Sid, sin, <laughs> sin. And then on a day, on a day, God just tweaks something in your life, and suddenly your sin's exposed. The Bible says, be sure, your sin will find you out. 
Now, I don't want you, I don't want to find you sinning. I don't want to know your sin. No, I give it, I give it to him, the one who deals with my sin. And then he says, don't, don't worry about vengeance. Yes, they, they, they did bad. Oh, they were terrible, I know. But it's okay. Give it to me, I'll sort it. It's like a little brother and a big brother. My late wife, she, she was at school with her brother, and her brother was quite a timid guy. And Samak was pushing her brother around, so she walked in there. She said, hey, you leave my brother alone. I married that. You know, that's why I am like I am, sorted, bro. And you want to get even. No, no, leave it. Leave it. Let God sort it. Forgive doesn't mean the same thing will never happen again. Could happen again. People have choices, but we set boundaries. We make decisions. There are probably going to be repeats, but we must prepare our hearts. That's what forgiveness is not. This is what forgiveness is. And our key verse is Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ. God forgave you. Did I deserve forgiveness? Uh, no. Did you deserve forgiveness? No. Did you get forgiveness? Yes. But he was wrong. She was wrong. Forgive. Forgive. Like Jesus forgave you. Jesus took on himself our sin and its consequences of eternal separation. I was separated from God. Thanks, Uncle Adam and Auntie Eve. <laughs> and somebody once said, well, Eve was more to blame because she took a bigger bite. I don't know where they find that in the scripture, but some guy trying to justify it was the woman. The woman said, yeah, but the man was such a weakling. He was standing there, and he didn't even say to her, hey, hey, you don't touch that. Because the snake, the devil, the serpent is so subtle. He leads you along and entices you. All the things in your mind, you start thinking, oh, this could be good. Oh, that should be nice. Or I'll just try it. Don't do that. Forgiveness. Jesus took our sin and our separation. So to forgive properly, you have to come to terms with the fact that there are always consequences. If, I've, if, he, if he wrongs me, I won't ever fight with him. He's bigger than me and younger. And I, I forgive him. There are consequences for me. Because I, I, my heart still feels he's wronged me. But in Christ, I get strengthened. The Spirit of God gives me that ability to say, you know what? Um, it is Aina, but I'm going to forgive you. Because I know if I hold on to the unforgiveness, it's going to destroy me. And he goes free. Jesus canceled our sin debt. So must we cancel ours with others. Don't carry debts, sin debts. Don't. Let it go. Revenge is never an option. You cancel that debt. You start by putting these scriptures to work. Romans 12, 14. You put it to work. Bless those who persecute you. <laughs> Come on. Bless and do not curse. Now, when we think of the word curse, we think we like a, like a, like a Philistine that's swearing. No, no, no. Cursing is just... Cursing is just, um, it, it's just saying bad things about people. Bless people. Romans 12, 19 to 21. Do not take revenge, my friends, 
but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. repay. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not become overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Oh, sometimes it's so hard. Let me tell you a true story. I had a situation where, have I told you the story? Maybe I have, I don't know, I've told it a couple of times. Somebody wrote a letter to my wife um, when she was ill. And I, I felt the letter lacked genuine heart. Because, you know, it's written wrote. You know what a letter is? You just, you, you, you say all the right words, but they don't carry the heart of the letter, the heart of it. You look completely bamboozled. Have you never had a letter like that? You've never written something. You say all the right things, but you don't actually mean it. You just put it down. Come on, own up now, you sinners. Man. Come on. So I got this letter. Well, my wife got the letter. And then I was looking through her things and found this letter. And I thought, well, I'll give it back to the person. So it wouldn't fit in an envelope, so I trimmed the edges, put it in an envelope. And I had the envelope, I was going to give it back to them, because I would say, look, you wrote her letter, yes, the letter back. And um, our ex-pastor, by the name of Ross Lahana, and I were talking about it, and he said, no, bro, you must go and see Andrew and Liz Eastman. I said, what about? He said, no, just go and chat to them about it. So I went to see them. Come for supper. Oh, lovely, thank you very much. Go in the afternoon, go and sit, tell them the story. She says, she says, you cut the letter up and throw it away. You are being vindictive. <clears throat> just, I said, just pull the dagger out. Say, say that again. You are being vindictive. Ah! She said, you are feeling something that you want them to feel because you just think you are judging people by their actions and yourself by your intentions. And there was this vibe with these people. So I went home and looked at the letter, and the devil said, don't cut it up, give it back. They need to be told. And I wrestled with it for a day or two, and then I cut it with my new scissors that I bought for my kitchen. Snippity, snippity, snip. And cut it up and threw it away. From that day, from that day, something broke. That day, something broke. And it was a spiritual problem that this Wally was holding on to because he thought he was justified in doing it. What a ponce. Cut it, freedom. Hallelujah. That's what forgiveness is. Go for restoration, not just forgiveness. Because true forgiveness wants restoration. And true forgiveness longs to love again. True forgiveness wants restoration and it longs to love again. Romans 12, 17 and 18. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Then it says this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We've got a massive responsibility as far as it depends on you. In every act of forgiveness, I must hurry. Two people are involved. 
Forgiveness must be, forg must be given and it must be accepted. <laughs> Forgiveness in Christ has been given. We're going to have communion. Forgiveness in Christ has been given. Have you accepted that forgiveness? That makes you a child of God. If you don't accept his forgiveness, then you just know about it. Have you ever gone to somebody that's offended you? This is, this is how people say, I forgive you for offending me. No, 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 no. Your attitude has been wrong. You go and say, will you please forgive me? Because the thing you did to me caused me to have an attitude to you, and it's wrong. Will you forgive me for having an attitude? Not forgive me for what you said to me. What they said to you is their problem. You forgive them for your attitude. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ who said on the cross, Father, forgive Father, forgive. Forgiveness is in Christ. We're going to break bread now. This ordinance is given to us by Jesus. It's, he gave us two things to do. He said, when, when you accept my forgiveness and you become my child and I forgive you for the sin that you've committed, when you accept, then you become a child. Then you, 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 you have communion the Eucharist, break bread, call it what you like, however which way you do it, because that, he said at the Last Supper, that symbolizes what I've done for you. That symbolizes my blood shed and my body broken. And I've offered you forgiveness. You, I, I, I'm going to offer you, here's the, here's the opportunity for you to say, God, will you please forgive me? So he's given it, we've got to respond to it. Perhaps at this point, I don't know people's hearts. Let's just, let's just close our eyes. Let's just close our eyes. Father, we thank you in Jesus, your son, the savior of the world. Forgiveness has been given. Lord, if, if we haven't taken the opportunity to receive that forgiveness, I ask you now, in that name which we have been declaring all morning, you will enable us by the power of your spirit to say, yes, I, I, want, I want to know the forgiveness of God. Now, as our eyes are closed, if anybody is like that and you say, you know, I, I need that. Perhaps you just indicate with a hand up. You say, I need forgiveness. Anybody like that? No one, okay. So Father, we thank you as we go into this time now. You'll speak to our hearts. And as we partake of these emblems, which, uh, which remind us of your body and your blood, your body broken, your blood shed. Lord, I pray you will nourish our souls as we, as we receive this communion and a time with you personally, we pray in Jesus' name. Now, let me explain. If, if you don't know Christ, if you've not accepted his forgiveness, this really is, it's an irrelevant thing for you. But if, you, if you're Christians, we partake. I want one last scripture, Matthew 5. It says this, If you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, 
Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Now, if you're carrying things in your heart, this is where it gets personal. If you've got stuff in your heart against somebody present, I want to ask you to go to that person and say, look, I've been a complete Burke. Sorry if your surname's Burke. I've not. Let me change you. I've been a Pons. I've held this against you. And I need to ask you to forgive me. Or if you need to go and forgive someone because you've had, you've judged them by their actions and yourself by your intentions. You must, you must cleanse your soul before you do this. It is clean, but we've got to keep cleansing ourselves. Amen? It's like Listerine. And it gives you good breath. And spit it out. And your breath feels like Get your heart clean. And your heart is cleansed by forgiveness. The forgiveness of God coming to you. Amen? So I'm going to give you two minutes. Can you do that? If, if, you, if you're carrying something, I want you to give it to Jesus this morning. A hurt, a disappointment, something that's just held you back. Okay, let's just close our eyes. And you just take two minutes. Let him speak to you. And if the person's not present, then ask God to help you and then make right with that person, either by, don't WhatsApp, phone, or visit. WhatsApp's the same personal. Speak to them face-to-face if you can. And let Jesus, let Jesus, let the forgiveness that comes from him wash your soul again, give you life again freedom again.